Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to talk about what age is best for kids to switch schools, which was a topic discussed in my Facebook group. My kids have switched schools a couple times, so I think I know about this a little bit, um, only up until the tween age. I don't really know after that, but that will be relevant to what I talk about from what I see in my clients, etc. Um, before that, I'd like to tell everybody to subscribe. There's plenty of awesome subscriber episodes. Now there's 60. The most recent one was, why are you so boring to your wife? Um, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> like shit happens. You know, you look up, your wife's not paying attention to you. Why? I mean, why is it? It's not just because she is, you know, annoying. It is because you may be boring or talking about things that do not interest women. And, um, I talk about the, um, the, the different ways that you may want to tackle this problem. Okay, so in terms of when's it best to have kids switch schools, so yeah, people want to move. They want to move into other school districts and, you know, maybe other cities, move closer to family, move the fuck away from family, whatever. <laughs> no judgment. Um, what are the best ages? Well, from what I see, uh, kids really like to have the same the, the same friends in pretty much middle school and high school. If they don't, it's not the end of the world. Like, there's military kids that travel, like, that switch schools constantly. And, um, but generally, you know, people tend to idealize their high school years. In fact, the majority of our memories are between the ages of, like, 15 and 23 from something that I read. And so if this time can be... Um, you know, special and have the same friends from freshman year all the way up through graduation, then kids seem to value that, and some kids really bond to their middle school friends. Before that, yeah, you have friends, but you're still primarily like a kid and your family, and your social life until about middle school is primarily doing what your family does. After that is really when kids start to go to the mall all the time and have sleepovers all the time and really get into who their friends are. Now, all of this is of course, dependent on the individual child. You're going to have kids that really don't give a shit where they go to school because they're really not into school. They're not into their friends at school and they're more shy and introverted. Even those kids really tend to prefer staying at the same school because the shy introverted kids are frequently anxious and they don't like newness, but they may not have like this bunch of friends that they're, you know, very upset about leaving. So, I mean, and, and there's also kids that want to go to a better school, quite honestly. I mean, kids Kids that are very into academics, if you say we are going to this much better school in this new city, maybe you're really into it. Um, everything is based on the child. If the child generally tends to be cheerful and roll with shit, then they're going to be cheerful and roll with shit. If they are generally anxious and insecure and sensitive, well, guess what? You're in for a world of hurt <laughs> because they're going to be upset about this, but they're upset about everything, you know, and so much is really just temperament. If you want to moderate the impact of a move on your kids, you could do it, of course, when they're younger. You can also give them a lot more um, choice of various types in order to be a, a moderating variable so that they don't feel like you just don't give a shit and that you're just yanking them away from their fam from their friends um, in a selfish sort of way. So they can be more, um, you, you could help them 
see that there are ways that they could still have agency in their lives. And having agency is a, is a big protective factor in terms of depression. When you feel helpless, so when you feel like you're getting yanked out of eighth grade, you were looking forward to, you know, ninth through twelfth grade at the same school with your friends, but instead your parents don't give a shit, they're moving into a bigger house because fuck them, all they care about is money. You know, you hear about stories like this and the way that kids conceptualize their parents' decisions. And when the kids think that the parents' decisions are very selfish, then the kids tend to amass resentment and animosity toward the parents. And if, if you if you are somebody who who really is, you know, just moving to have a bigger house in a better area and your your kid is like super upset about the idea, it is something to consider. Like, do you really need to do that? I mean, you know, life is full of choices. And you know, you got the whole rest of their lives. The thing is, if you wait until they're in middle school, right? Well, like you could wait four more years too, you know, that that's possible as well if it's going to make that much of a big deal to them. And you could also move into a bigger house in the same school district. Like there's a lot of choices. So um, if your kid is really, really, really upset about leaving, your kid is a person. It's probably not just going to go away. It depends on the sort of child that that it is. If your child is extremely upset, you also got to think that maybe something about your relationship with your kid wasn't perfect to begin with. And you know, not nothing's perfect, but wasn't good. Because I hear frequently, um, as, as a therapist, obviously, I hear people recounting the narrative of their lives. And when kids really think that a parent has made very selfish, materialistic decisions, that usually does not bode well for a close relationship in adulthood. And frequently, the child forms themselves in opposition to the parent, repudiates the parent's entire life philosophy, and basically decides to study philosophy and smoke a lot of weed and not really work. <laughs> I mean, I, I joke, but, you know, th th this can happen, where they decide that all you give a shit about is keeping up with the Joneses, and therefore you yank them out of where they love, and now they're going to, you know, become, you know, the whatever the equivalent is of goth in the next school because fuck you, you know, <laughs> and, and whatever. It, it, can, it can really spiral. So this does not happen to the majority of people. But I'm just saying, if you have mentioned moving and your kid is like, no, I, I will not do that. Why are you always making decisions for me? Like, this is going to ruin my life. I don't know. You could think about listening. You could think about going into family therapy and exploring why else they don't like you. I mean, you only got one go of it as a parent. And if kids at a at an age of like their tween years and up start saying things that indicate massive resentment, you probably want to listen. This doesn't mean you have to live your life run by a tyrant or a child tyrant king, but it does mean that you ought to listen to what they're saying. So what I meant by giving them agency was maybe there are other variables that they would really like. Like maybe they share a room now and they really don't want to. And if you move to a different, you know, a, a bigger house that you can afford, but so it's in a different school district or whatever, they'll have their own room. So maybe having their own room would make up for you know, leaving their friends. Or maybe they will be able to, you know, go to these different summer programs because you'll have more disposable income because you're um, going into this different house which doesn't such a high mortgage, whatever the case may be. Is there basically anything that is good for your kid that can make them feel like, okay, like I will have these other variables. I can choose now kind of like what I'm doing. And if they can choose, it's very helpful. If you say, listen, we really want to move. If you really don't 
want to, if this is going to like kind of destroy your life, then we can look into other options. You know, some options are that you can apply to keep your kid at the same school if you move somewhere close. But, um, or you could put your kid in private school. There's like a million options. Basically, what I'm saying here is the best time to move your kids is when they're young. When they're old, some of them are fine. Some of them are really fine moving, and that's just what they do, and that's the culture of the home. Some of them like the idea of moving to a bigger, better home or a smaller, better home or whatever you think is the better home. But some of them are really mad. And if they're really mad, as a psychologist that's worked frequently with, you know, I I don't work with kids anymore, but young adults through older adults, if you dismiss what they're feeling, it usually does not go well later on. So like, and, and this frequently happens when there's a jump in class. So if a parent grew up kind of poor, lower middle class, even middle middle class, even upper middle class, and now they've had this tremendous leap into upper middle or upper, and they're like, man, we're going to move into a fucking mansion. What is this kid bitching about? Oh my God, what an ungrateful little brat I'm raising. You know, I would have like died to move to this house with this pool and what whatever. Listen, your kid, they they don't know what they don't know. They've been with you always and you've been providing them. They've been living the life of Riley in the lap of luxury. You know, they may have different problems than what you had. They may have that you are working all the time to provide this lifestyle. They may have that, you you know, they, they may have social problems that you didn't have because you grew up with the same people on the same block playing with them all the time. And they uh, are in their house all the time. Like kids of this generation, they have more social anxiety. They may find it, um, you know, much more difficult to make friends than you did because they may have a different personality type. But either way, they don't count the money. They don't count necessarily moving into the bigger, better house as something in the way that you would have because for you, you were in an apartment or in a small house or what have you, you would have thought that that was amazing. They really are moving from one nice place to another and they think it's at your whim and they're not really sure why. And again, you don't care that they're leaving their best friend who they had all these good plans for, for what eighth grade is going to be like. And then here you are just yet again, sweeping in and changing everything. And when kids feel like this, the military kids don't as often feel like this because they're inculcated in a culture of the service, you know, like, you know, when, when. When the parent is doing something for such a much greater cause, you know, defending our nation, you know, then the kid is raised in that sort of environment and they think that the parent has has this um, really important job, kind of more important than anything, you know, because they are then moving against the the whole family just kind of moves where they are sent. So when kids um, when it's for a job change and the kid um, is aware enough to understand or is told in in some way that there is no other option and this is kind of the only way to do it, either because of a cause greater than ourselves with the military or because literally this is dad's job and we don't eat if dad doesn't have a job and so therefore we move, you know, then they're kind of better. But what I see come from children, from adult children, is when they think that the moves or really any parenting decision is just done because the parents kind of got bored and wanted a project and wanted a bigger house. That stuff does not go over as well. I mean, it's like kids are people. Like it wouldn't go over as well for you, right? If your husband or wife was just like, hey, I want to move to another coast and fuck everything because I just want to, you know, no real reason. I just want to. That's how it sounds to the kids. 
So think deeply, and this now has moved, as many of these uh, episodes do, into kind of a larger framework to view your parenting decisions and to empathize with your child's perspective. They frequently have an extremely different perspective than you do because they were not raised as you were, but they were raised as they are and that you provided, which parents seem to forget. Um, the kid does not have a split screen where they see you eating Rice Krispies in front of the TV in your apartment, you know, with, the, you know, the only things to play are like Monopoly and uh, nothing. And then like their life where they're taking the Xbox and the fucking lawn croquet set from one little mansion to a bigger mansion. It's not going to impress them the same way. So, um, and they're not going to give a shit. So some of them will, some of them have been raised. If you are people that think that it's a really big deal to move into a bigger house and whatever, whatever, and this is so great and an opportunity to be in a different neighborhood, you may have passed that philosophy onto your children. And if they're very cheerful, agreeable children, you're not going to have any problems. But there's a perfect storm where kids already have some kind of resentment to the parents. They have, they are kind of sensitive and anxious, have finally made a friend group, you know, at an age where it's very critical, meaning middle and high school. And then they feel that uh, juxtaposed against a broader context of you not maybe listening to them, here is the nail in the coffin, which is that you're just going to pull them out of, of the school that, that they are finally feel comfortable in. That one I hear about for frequently as a, as a big issue in the child's life that um, they later recount as an adult as some, as some sort of formative trauma. You know, and I, I use trauma loosely in that regard. A trauma is subjective. I'm certainly not saying it's akin to moving into a war zone. It's not. But the child thinks of it as maybe a better term as an empathic rupture with the parent. So if the child considers a move to be an empathic rupture, then there's a problem. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't move, but it's for sure. But it does mean that um, you need to talk to your child more and try to understand your child's perspective. And um, and so that's really the same thing with any part of parenting. So like if you decide you're going to, let's say, take a different job. So you are going to take a different job where you are now working nights. Well, if the child, like... feels extremely abandoned by that. Some children would. Some children hate being with the other parent alone, and therefore they would consider it an empathic rupture if you decided to work nights. Uh, Some kids would think that it's great that mom or dad is making some more money because that's what they've learned and they already have a good relationship with you. It's almost any decision that you make, once the kids hit the age where they're like aware and alert and alive, like, you know, knowing, kind of downloading what's going on, which is definitely around later elementary and certainly by middle and high school, then you always have to take them into a count even just to empathize with their perspective, right? To understand how they feel is super big. And to say, if it is horrible for you, you do come first and I would make different decisions. So or maybe not the decision you want, but it would be some other kind of decision. Now, quite honestly, frequently one that I get is the kid um, hates the, the parent's new partner. 
So if the kid hates the parent's new partner, there I'm not saying to get rid of the new partner, especially if the new partner is really trying to be a nice person, you know, and, and not, uh, obviously, if your new partner is some sort of an asshole, then they shouldn't be your new partner. You have kids. You can't have them around an asshole. But if, if, you're, if the kid is saying stuff like, why do you have to be with this person? Like, I don't like this person, this and that. And you're basically like tough titties. Well, you know, guess who's going to be left in the nursing home alone? It's going to be you one day. So you can't say tough titties or any sort of um, empathic equivalent such as, well, I know, dear, but you know, blah, blah, blah. You actually have to listen and try to be somewhat flexible. And this is not to say your child should run your life. I think the total opposite. But to say, why don't we talk about it more? Maybe there are ways that you could get to know them. Maybe I am doing something wrong here in in creating this relationship. Maybe we don't have enough special time, just us anymore. Maybe you're scared that we're going to have to move across town to where they live. We don't, you know, whatever, whatever. So just as a general rule, this is one topic, the moving the kids, but in any topic, you got to empathize with your children and you got to understand their experience. The more that you just say, eh, fuck it, it'll be fine, which very few parents do nowadays, but if you are one that does, um, they may not be fine. You may have been a kid that would have been fine. You may have been a kid that rolled with shit that was not a highly sensitive person, but your kid may not be. So the way to um, inoculate your parent-child relationship from later threat, such as kids are very quick on the estrangement now. I always mention this because it's one of the things I work on in uh, in therapy with people a lot, is, is estrangement between adult children and their parents. If you want to um, kind of protect against this later problem, nobody gets estranged. Very few people get estranged from parents that at, when they were, when they had problems and they came to the parent, the parent listened to them. That's like pretty much it. That's like what you got to do is really listen to them, treat them as a person, try to work around, you know, their, their interests and their, their, their skills. Their, their preferences. Not, again, to let them run the show completely. Obviously, you know I'm against that. That is a certainly child-centered model. But it's got to be something where they're treated as a person with some respect, right? So that, that's important. So the TLDR here is try to move them as early as possible. Many kids will be totally fine, especially if they can uh, have some other variables that buffer the impact of any sort of move. And if you are uh, open to listening to their concerns and to trying to work with their concerns, and if a kid is saying stuff like, if you move me out of this school, I will run away. If we leave my friends, I will, and then they threaten something terrible. Don't just think they're trying to be manipulative. Get them into counseling with you. No move is worth your kid hating you for the rest of your life. And no one parenting decision, more broadly, is worth that. And I speak from the perspective of looking at people recounting these empathic ruptures in their relationship with their parents. So um, so hopefully this was useful more broadly than just for people that are considering moving, as I hope that the majority of my episodes are, that they can speak to a larger array of experiences than just the one that's in the title. And um, thank you for listening, and please do subscribe, and I'll talk to you all soon.